Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. So on my way to church this morning, I saw this turkey crossing the road, but it crossed twice, and I was like, what is that turkey doing? And it was like, I'm trying to prove I'm not a chicken. <laughs> right? Thanksgiving jokes. The pilgrims came on a big ship called the Mayflower, and we have a lot of students that come and immigrate this way, but they come on something different. They come on scholarships, so... I know it hurts, right? It hurts. My family wants me to stop telling Thanksgiving jokes, but it's hard because I just can't quit cold turkey. (laughs) Okay, you're welcome. Okay, so there you go. I will quit now. Um, Thank you, guys. It's such an honor always to be in this pulpit with you. I love this church. Becca, we love you. Thank you for being here. And amazing Giles' parents. We have Stephen where are you? I saw you. There you are. Hi. Um, Stephen is also a missionary in Bali, Indonesia, all those areas with Becca. And so it's an honor to have them. We got to be in ministry with them for a long time when we were in our last role as college and young adult pastors. And we're proud of you. We're honored when you're here. We love you. Okay. We are going to continue our series that is called Questions God Asks. And um, Kurt has preached three messages now, and I would encourage you to go back to the podcast or go to our YouTube channel because they have been very life-giving and very um, powerful. And the premise for questions that God asks, how many of you know when God asks a question, he's not looking for information from us, right? God has not had like this, oh, I didn't know that. Thanks for telling me, you child of God. Thanks for... Let me know how that is. He doesn't need to be surprised by new information. God asks us questions because like any good parent, like any good teacher, they ask a lot of questions. Why? For the student to learn, for the child to learn, to provoke us to think at a higher level, right? Like they think. So when we come into questions that God asks, they help us to ponder, to mature, and to learn the way that he thinks, right? And I want to think like him. And sometimes in the word, there's a question to one person that pertains to all of us. And those are the questions we're exploring together. We have given this example for the whole time now is when Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, who do you say that I am? So that was a question in the moment for those people. He was, he was asking them, provoking them to think, to think, to ponder. Who, who do you say that I am? Well, that's not a question just for those people. That's also a question we all must ask today, yes? Every person will ask, answer that question. Who do we say that he is? So we're going to get into the word together, and I will... Um, talk to you about my question that I'm going to cover today, but I want to get into the Bible. If you would turn to the book of Ezekiel with me. We're going to chapter 37. This is a really famous part of the Bible. Uh, A lot of us, if we've been raised in the church, have heard of the Valley of the Dry Bones. Okay, so we're going to go there today, and we're going to get into it. And I just want to give you some context for the state of the nation of Israel, who was God's people, who's chosen his beloved in this time. They were in the Babylonian captivity in this time. They were displaced from Jerusalem. They were being pulled out of their places where they could worship their God, where they had a national identity, where they had their... um, 
their community, everything about them was taken captive and they were displaced and they were in a really, really bad spot. Okay, so that's the context of this chapter. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to start in verse 1 in Ezekiel 37. And we're going to read this together. If you want to scroll with me, you scroll with me. Just scroll. (laughs) Just scroll with me. Okay. These will be happening the whole time. You can look forward to that. Just, Just look forward to it. Just be excited about it. Just be excited. Okay. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he's talking, you know, Ezekiel is talking. He's a prophet to the nation of Israel, just to give you a background. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit, and the Lord set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were how dry? Very dry. (laughs) He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Today our message is, can these bones live? That is the question that God is asking today. When God takes me to show me something, I want him to take me to a mountaintop and a high place with him. I'm having this revelation of how much he loves me and I'm above problems. But here in Ezekiel, God uses a different strategy. He takes Ezekiel down into a valley that's like a graveyard. Old, desperate, bone dry place. Like these bones didn't even stink anymore. Not even rotting flesh. These were like old-timey graveyard. I picture the Lion King, the elephant graveyard. Anyone else? Does anyone else picture? Thank you, right? Okay, so just get that in your head. That's what I picture. God has Ezekiel walk back and forth in this graveyard, and I want you guys to ponder something. I want you to ponder some graveyards that maybe you have in your heart, and God is asking you to go back there Those things that you used to hope for, those things that used to be alive, he's calling you to come back and look at that and say, can these bones live? Can those old things you used to hope for that are dead now, can they live? And some of us have had times where we have fasted, we have prayed, we have sought God, we got the word of the Lord, we went to church, praised over it, got a tongue and interpretation over it. I don't know. (laughs) We asked God for this thing, and it didn't come to pass. And so what happens when hope is deferred? It makes your heart sick, right? And so sometimes, just to cope, we let those things die, because it's like there's a peace in death sometimes. There's like closure. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's like, I just can't hope for that anymore. It has to die so I can guard my heart and move forward. You know, some of us feel so stuck in addiction. It's like, it is what it is. I have to live with these bones. I, I don't have hope to get free. I've tried everything. You know, some of us have hoped for a baby. Some of us see baby dedications and it used to hurt, but it doesn't even hurt anymore because we have been barren and we're like, I've just resigned myself. I can't have kids. It's okay. I'm just going to let that thing die. And then God takes us there and he says, can these bones live? Can I do a miracle in your despair? Some people, maybe you had hope to be an entrepreneur, you felt a call to be a business owner, and so you stepped out, and you were like, I'm going to, 
I'm going to put my money in. I'm going to invest it. I'm going to build this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to take a risk. God has put a dream in my heart to be a business owner. And then that might have crashed and burned and tanked. And it was very embarrassing. And you failed. And so you let it die. And you guarded your heart. And God might be saying, listen, can these bones live? Can that dream live? Can that calling live? He's coming to you today to say, can these bones live? He wants us to walk among these things and see them the way that he sees them. So God gives Ezekiel some instructions as he's walking around looking at these dead bones, these dried up old things. And so we're going to pick up in verse 4. Or actually, we're going we're gonna to say what Ezekiel, his response was. He's a pretty smart guy. Ezekiel said, God said, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. I don't know. Looks impossible. They're very dry. There's not a way that these could live, but I'm with God. So God, I guess you know the answer. Good answer. And God doesn't even really have a conversation. He just gives them some instructions. So these are the instructions that, that God was giving to Ezekiel, and he is giving them to us this morning, okay? And we've been doing most of this already in worship, but it's going to be fun to keep going. Okay. God said, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, discouragement, hopelessness, failure, pain, all those things, dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. I, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. Some families are going to have a noise and a rattling sound as God's bringing back hopes this morning. There is a noise that's happening when we, when we say what he's saying. There is a noise and a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Verse 9, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath, come four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Amen. Can you see it? Can these bones live? Can these bones live? Can these bones live? God is a resurrecting God. And I just, we'll finish this little portion out through verse 14, just to give you context. So he gives you this whole vision of what's happening from the dry bones to the life part. And then God kind of explains the, uh, the interpretation of what just happened there. Verse 11. So this is God talking to Ezekiel. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up, our hope is gone, and we are cut off. Bones are poetic for like the very life in me is just sucked dry. 
the very, the very essence of who I am. It's like a poetic picture of my bones are brittle, like they have nothing in me. That is what Israel was saying. How many of you have situations that are just hopeless, bone dry, nothing, nothing there, just a skeleton? Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. I will open your graves, bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and where and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done it, declares the Lord. Hallelujah. He wants to do some resurrecting in this place, in our city, in our world, in individuals. Do you believe it? Jesus actually is the resurrection and the life. God's heart always was to raise dead things to life. He always wants to do it. When we die, we will be raised with him in our spirit, and we will get a new body someday, which is hard to picture, but it's real. I really love this illustration because I love how God actually like does this like slow-mo cam in reverse of death and decay. It's like, because (laughs) you get to see like entropy move backward. I know entropy because I'm married to a nerd. So hey, nah, just kidding. (laughs) He loves physics. I'm sorry. A nerd in a a good way. You know science. So (laughs) everything will decay. The law of entropy. Look it up. Look it up. I know it, but I can't explain it. Okay. Um, We get to see decay, death, move in reverse. We get to see it actually come backwards. So let's look at this. The bones were scattered and broken, and what happened? All these broken things began to, like, have this mighty sound and come back together. Aren't you glad God didn't put the skin on first and just cover it up and say, awesome, you look pretty, but you're all messed up on the inside. He didn't start with the skin. He started with fixing and mending and healing what was scattered and broken and dry and lost. Come on. That's the inside out. And then he puts on the tendons and the sinews and the skin, which is the strength. He's returning the, the healing on the inside and the strength to keep moving. But they couldn't even get up until what? Until he breathed his breath of life back into them. This is a progression of from death to life, that God is going to heal you, he's going to make you strong, and he is going to blow his fresh wind of life into you, into your situations, into what was hopeless. This word in Hebrew, ruach, yes, I'm a professional scholar. (laughs) No, just kidding. Thank you for laughing. It's a joke. I'm not. Um, The word ruach is used in English. It's kind of hard to explain it in English because it's translated so many different ways in this portion, verses 1 through 14. The word ruach is in this scripture as spirit, so the spirit of God. It's translated as wind. It's translated as breath. All of these different translations for the same word in Hebrew. So in Ezekiel's day, it was saying the spirit of God. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God. And it is used 10 times in 14 verses in the original. The Spirit, the breath of the living God is what raises people to life. 
It is not by might. It is not my power. It is by my spirit, says the Lord. And that word that Angelo had this morning, it is the spirit of God that will bring resurrection life to us. It is the breath of the living God breathing into us that will bring us back to life and revive those things. When we speak to things in the anointing, the power of God, he breathes breath of life, yes? I also picture this. So let's pretend God did a different approach, and he was like, hey, Ezekiel, let's go walk around in that Lion King elephant graveyard, and let's, I want to show you something. Check this out. And he could say, how dry are these bones? Oh, they're very dry, Lord. Real dry? Like no water in them, right? Yeah, they're real dry. And God could have just blown and made this army pop up from nothing right in front of Ezekiel. That's how he could have done it, right? God could just blink and everything would change. God loves to partner with people. He didn't want to just show him, check me out. This is what I can do. I'm really powerful. I don't get this, but throughout all of scripture, he wants to partner with a human. It's beautiful. It is powerful. He asked uh, uh, Adam in the book of Genesis, he said, I want you to name the animals. I want you to have dominion. Isn't that amazing? With Moses, he gave him his staff And for that staff to do anything, Moses had to do something. He had to do an action, and then the Lord did a miracle through it. Moses held a staff, threw it on the ground, it turned into a serpent. What? He had to be obedient. He had to actually do something. It's a beautiful partnership, right? God chooses to partner with people. He wants to partner with us. Some of us come to a place where God says, can these bones live? And we do this whole approach of like, only you know God, and then we step back and do this, let go and let God. Let's see if it happens. Where is let go and let God in the Bible, P.S.? Have you found that verse? You should look for it. No, not right now. It's actually not in the Bible. You know, if it's God's will, it'll happen. Only you know, Lord, if it's your will. And then we just turned around and God asked me if bones could live. And I told him, yeah, sure. Probably if it's your will. We miss the command of son of man prophesy. Daughter, speak what I'm saying. Speak life. Open your mouth. What are you talking about? He wants to partner with your words. He really gets all the glory. You don't have to worry about looking powerful because we know you're not. <laughs> We're not worried about you getting an ego, okay? It's, he is so powerful. He knew so many things. We realize you are not that cool and that powerful that he would use anyone to do miracles. Yeah? Mm-hmm. The other thing I noticed is God did not ask Ezekiel, hey, Ezekiel, I was just taken out here. I was wondering, can you tell me how dry these bones are? Can you tell me, like, how painful it probably was when these people were, these dreams were dying? How dry are the bones? Would you give me a report? Would you report to me about the state of these bones? Are they dry? How dry? You know, in our prayer lives, I think a lot of us go to God and just tell him how dry the bones are. I know I do. God, this, I don't even have hope for this. Look at this, God. And God says, 
can these bones live? That's the question that God asks us. When we write off individuals and say, the bones are too dry, God says, can those bones live? And I wanted to, to, sh to share a quick story about a family member of mine. I've shared a little bit about this before, but it just fits perfectly. I have a family member who was an amazing person, serving God, living a very healthy life, and they got caught up and started using crystal meth, okay? They were on it for several years, and you would watch a person who was full of life and vigor decline and decline and decline. They began to be so skinny, so skinny. The complexion of the skin turns gray. Have you guys seen people? It's just like life just quickly decaying in front of your eyes. It's really, really devastating. The family relationships begin to pull away. Um, this person, it got to the point where they couldn't pay for their utilities. They were getting their water shut off, their heat shut off, living basically in this cold hubble in the middle of nowhere in the winter. That's called some dry bones right there. And I, I, was, um, I was asking God about this person a lot and praying because they were a family member. And I went to sleep one night and I had a dream. And sometimes just sleeping is the way to go <laughs> because God talks to us about what he wants us to think about in our dreams. And I had a dream and he said, Emily, I want you to pray. I want you to speak life. I want you to remember who I've called that person to be. I want you to remember the original intent for them, that these bones, I don't need a book report about the state of the bones. I need someone to say, dry bones live. I need someone to say, addiction, die, life, come back to who you are created to be. And I began to pray, and I began to pray, and it didn't happen immediately, but in the spirit, there was that sound of things starting to come back together. Because we can't always see it. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Listen, sometimes there's stuff that's happening from the inside underneath that we can't see, but every prayer, every declaration we make in accordance with God's word, not just your own will, hello, that's called witchcraft, we don't do that. We do not do witchcraft and manipulation. We speak the words of life and the word of God, okay? What his spirit is saying. And this family member, after three and a half years of being strung out on meth, came to a breaking point where they went to their mom's house and they said, I can't do this anymore. And they came and they fell apart and just said everything. There was this beautiful moment of a family intervention. And this person had to go to the, um, the three-day treatment at the hospital when you have amphetamines in your system. And then they went to a 28-day treatment here in, here in Colorado. And then after that, they actually had to leave the state because that community will suck you right back in sometimes. Um, so for their own good, they had to move away. And little by little by little, those bones were coming back together. That strength was beginning to return. The skin started looking healthy. And that breath of life was breathed into this person. This person today is full of the love of Jesus. They are walking in their calling. They are passionate for God. They are back in society. They're healthy. Come on. Yeah. God can raise the dead. I can't think of a more perfect scenario than this person who was dead and God made them alive. 
by his Holy Spirit, by people partnering in prayer and targeting after one thing after just going, going, going. Dry bones live. Breath of God. Dry bones live. The breath of God. The Holy Spirit. Revival fire. You know? That's what we are called to do. So, our church is called City Lights Church. When we named City Lights, City Lights, we were very intentional about it. We, our, our, first, our first thing we love is just to be passionate, wildly in love with God. And you saw that today. We're crazy for Jesus. <laughs> we are crazy about him. And we will not apologize for that. We just love him. We're wild for him. And our, our mission statement, though, is that we exist to light up our world with the love of Jesus. City lights. We carry his light and his love everywhere we go. And so when we are a church thinking about this portion of Ezekiel, are we looking at dry bones and looking at how dry the bones are in our city, in our house, in our lives? Are we saying, can these bones live, God? Can these bones live? Can that guy in the wheelchair, can she get out of a wheelchair someday? Probably so. God can do resurrection. Do you, let's, let's think, let's think. Can we partner with God in our prayer life? Can we use our words that have the power of life and death in our tongue? Can we use our words to prophesy life and to speak life to these areas? What about our city? Do you have hope for your city? Do you have hope for the schools in Greeley, for the school district? Do you have hope for our government in the United States right now? Are we talking about how dry the bones are? Are we saying, in the name of Jesus, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all? Dry bones live. The United States government, we prophesy an encounter and a move of the Holy Spirit right now from the top down. God, shake them up, Holy Spirit. We prophesy the life of God in Jesus' name. What do you think about medical fields to get breakthrough for curing diseases? Do we prophesy and say, Jesus, bring life to people that have those giftings. Give them revelation. Give them cures for these things. We want them to be healed supernaturally, but we also want to prophesy to the medical field that they would do the work of God and heal, right? Do we have hope for the entertainment industry? Come on, Kanye. Jesus is the what? He's the king. Jesus is king. Google it later if you know what I'm talking about. It's okay. Just don't no big deal. Do you have hope? Like Becca, this is in my notes for the, the people in prisons. Do we have hope for the criminals? Do we have hope? Do we see uh, just the state of the bones or do we say live? We say live, yeah. This is a prophetic thing that's being spoken even in churches over the next generation. Okay, we've got our baby boomers, right? We have our Generation X. We've got our millennials, which are kind of like coming into adulthood right now. And below the millennials is called Gen Z. And Gen Z are the the kids who grew up and they don't remember 9-11 happening, They have no recollection of what life was like before 9-11. So there's a whole generation of kids that that, that's kind of how you divide from Gen, uh, Gen, there's too many Gen, Gen, the millennials, thank you, and Gen Z. I keep hearing the church and, and people say, Gen Z is the most unchurched population that will ever exist on the planet. How many of you have heard that? 
probably look into things that matter. Just look into that. It's a big deal. <laughs> We've been praying. But this encourages me because it's like, okay, if this is the prophetic declaration the enemy is making, that these bones are dead, this generation's not going to be church, they're not going to walk with God, what is the church saying? Dry bones live. Generation Z, be filled with the Spirit of God. Can God save a nation in a day? Can God encounter our kids? Can we have a heart to pray for this generation that our media is putting out over the airways? They will not follow God. What do we say as a church? Dry bones live. So God, right now, we bless that generation. We declare life. We declare the Holy Spirit. God, would you save this generation? God, would you give the church strategies to see life, to connect with this age group, Father? We give them to you. We're asking for your Holy Spirit to draw them and to breathe life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. So can these bones live? I just want to provoke us. Think about your own life. Do you have hope for yourself? Do you have hope for your kids? Do you have hope for your family, your marriage? Do you have hope in these areas? Do you have hope for your finances? Do you have hope for your health? Do you have hope that today is not the worst day ever? Some people feel that way. They wake up. I know it's funny, kind of, but it's not. Some people are very, very depressed in this room. And we want to just bless you with the life of God. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.